What's up and welcome to the Horror Cast. This is episode number 105 and we will continue tonight our look into things Mario Bava. It started out as Bavember and as I told you before, it's okay. It's bled into Basember. That's okay. Uh, this will be our last, our third and final episode dedicated to Mario Bava, uh, celebrated Italian director. Uh, if you have not listened to the previous two episodes, we really uh, had some fun talking about uh, six of Mario Bava's, I guess, probably more well-known movies. And then tonight, we are going to do three more. And uh, we are going to be doing uh, 1970s Five Dolls for an August Moon, um, 1971's A Bay of Blood, and we'll be talking about Hatchet for the Honeymoon, which was made and released in uh, Italy in 1970, did not come out in the United States until 1974. So those are the three movies we'll be talking about tonight. I am one of your hosts, Mark Nato, and I'd like to welcome in, first of all, Revenant Vin. What's up, Vin? Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed looking at, you know, at least part of uh, Bava's filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should definitely acknowledge that, you know, he has further movies after this, oh, yes. <laughs> after this series. And we did talk about shock very mm-hmm. briefly on our hidden gems episode. Yes. Um, but you know, we, we didn't want to fill up two months above. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I, I think we're getting a pretty good, uh, pretty good feel for the milieu. But I know that there are some ones that come after this period that are still respected. There, there was within me, there was a, uh, a battle, uh, whether I was going to, mm-hmm. Uh, asked to do five dolls or hatchet for a honeymoon um, or Lisa and the devil. That's one that uh, gets yeah, a lot of blood is another one that Baron, some people Baron like Baron blood. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also some, some things that we didn't uh, talk about like in the middle, like uh, evil eye, Eric, the conqueror, things that aren't necessarily um, horror because mm-hmm. he did a lot of different genres really did. Um, so, Yep, so if you uh, are enjoying this and you've enjoyed watching the Mario Bava movies, go go ahead and, and check out and search out uh, his other stuff. So, All right, let's bring in Taminator. What's up, Taminator? Hey, guys. Um, happy to be here to round out Bob Ember, Sumber. And I definitely feel like I have been educated. So, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Myself as well. Myself as well. I Let's see. I, I had seen A Bay of Blood before. But the other two were were first times for me. So, yep. yep. All right. Well, hey, real short intro there. So we're going to get right at it. No break. We're going to go right into our first feature review. And that is going to be 1970s Five Dolls for an August Moon. Uh, I want to roll that trailer. When we get back, we'll get into all the, uh, the ins and outs. My name is Trudy Farrell. My husband was killed today by one of these people. 
Each of us is watching the others. And if the murderer is among us, and if he makes a wrong move... He hasn't yet. We will finally be able to identify him. And die. We're back uh, again. Five dolls for an August moon, 1970. It actually came out in the UK on November uh, 25th, uh, 1970. So right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Great time for a horror movie. Um, this is a horror. I guess it's be horror mystery thriller. Uh, it's got a 5.8 out of 10 out of about 2,700 reviews on IMDb. And, uh, the um, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, almost two thousand user scores. This only has a thirty five percent on on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was uh, I was a little shocked at that. I was a little shocked. Uh, directed, of course, by Mario Bava. Written by Mario DiNardo, uh, who did the story and the screenplay. Stars uh, William Berger as Professor Fritz Farrell. Uh, Ira von Furstenberg as Trudy. Uh, is it Edwidge? I think that's her name. Edwidge Finich uh, as Marie. Uh, Howard Ross as Jack Davidson. Helena Rone as Peggy. And a host of other Italian actresses and actors that I've never heard of. So, I want to give you the, uh, the synopsis here, and then we're going to get into our first impressions. Uh, an industrialist invites his colleagues and their wives to relax on his private island. No, it's not just Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, so that they can explore the monetary value of one of the guest revolutionary resin formula. But a killer within the group disrupts the proceedings. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, uh, go over to Taminator. Why don't you kick it off? Tell us all your first impressions. Had you seen this before? And uh, all that jazz. Um, I had not seen this before, and I'm glad we're getting this one out of the way first. I'm not at all surprised. I think that the 30% is pretty generous. Um, yeah, this just... <laughs> uh, I'll t- I, it I like didn't it. float your boat, huh? It, it, you know, and I tried, because it's got one of the most beautiful homes I've ever seen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's beautiful. Uh, the setting is great. So here's where I'm going to switch over and say I'm fine with the Bava, you know, style over substance. I'm fine with that here because this story, uh, maybe it's just me, but I'm still not sure I understand exactly what happened there. But mm. yeah. I just, um, I couldn't quite, just couldn't connect with it. And yeah. Did I don't you watch know. uh subtitles or did you watch the english dub whatever's on your plex all right so i think it was the subtitles i think so uh all right van how about you hey yeah no the plex i think had the dub did it have Um, the dub okay yeah oh you know what it had the dub and i had my um closed captions turned on okay there you go and um it was like two different stories (laughs) (laughs) turn them back off like two different stories like okay is this really what's happening yeah yeah yeah, I mean, this, uh, kind of like Tammy, is not like, this was a first time watch for me. Um, definitely not the strongest. I think that uh, it is important to point out that um, Bava was hired 
as like a last minute replacement. Like basically this film lost its director like two days before shooting was supposed to start. And they asked Bava to just come in. Uh, and he didn't even like the script. <laughs> He's like, it's just like an Ag- Agatha Christie ripped off basically. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he insisted on just a couple changes for him to agree. And we could talk about what those changes are when we go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even he didn't really like the story at all. <laughs> uh, he just kind of went in at the last minute. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a lesser film um, in his filmography. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, what I'm increasingly getting from Baba is the impression that he's just trying to have some fun yeah. <laughs> while he's filming. Um, he's not worried about the artistry as much, I think, in this. And this is definitely much more workmanlike in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a sense of fun, a sense of humor, which sometimes works here. Um, you still see some of his touches, uh, which, you know, when we see those, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, this is definitely not a not a film that I'm going to go rushing out to see again. Yeah. Uh, again, this first time watch for me and I, I would agree with both of you. Uh, I think it's definitely, uh, of, of all the movies we've watched so far, I mean, probably not in Tammy's, uh, <laughs> you know, book, but this is probably the worst. Uh, and, but you know, they say, uh, there's a saying like, uh, even, even crappy pizza is still pizza. Right. Yeah. So even um, the worst of Baba films is that you can find something to be entertained by. And I was entertained by the movie. Uh, like I said, I watched it twice. I watched it first with uh, English subtitles because that's how I like to watch uh, foreign films. I like to read so I can hear the, you know, the inflection and in, in people's voices. And, and I just very, very rarely is an English dub done well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I watched it with the English dub just to kind of go through it for the second time and, and, and not have to read. And yeah, I did get, um, uh, I'm a big Agatha Christie fan. Like you can look at like 10 little Indians. I was going to say, this is like 10 yeah. little Indians yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. And you can see that's probably where the inspiration came from. Yeah. It could be a, a blatant ripoff. Um, there, there were some interesting choices, as far as editing and some plot holes, but I, I still, I still enjoyed the watch. Um, there were a few things that really took me out of it and I'll talk about that in my dislikes, but I, I still, for the most part, enjoyed, enjoyed the watch. Uh, and, and I'm glad I watched it, but, uh, it's definitely not on my, my top five, uh, Bava films, uh, uh, right, right now it's, in ninth place. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So why don't we uh, talk a little bit about some good things in this movie and, I, and I'll kick it off. Um, I'm going to say that, um, the sets were, were pretty crazy. Yes. Mm. Pretty cool. Uh, uh yeah. this is what 1969, 1970. It was probably filmed in 1969, or right, right at the end of the 60s, the beginning of the 70s, and you can tell. I mean, yeah. uh, the fashions are crazy. The the men are wearing, like, just complete nut huggers with gold pants and red <laughs> pants and green pants. And What's funny is that the, the film's budget was so low that the cast actually had to wear their own clothes. Well, you so that's tell. just what those people were tell. wearing. That's all it was. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then, like, the inside of that house, especially, uh, you know, that living room that was really, really oh. modern and clean mm. and, and really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I mean, come on. And in the bedroom, I mean, we got a, we got a rotating circle bed. 
Yeah. I mean, how how I sudden... I got a good laugh out of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I the was, most useless was... piece of furniture. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was half expecting Austin Powers to jump out. Yeah, you know, yeah baby. <laughs> but, you know, I, I enjoyed watching that because, you know, not that I lived in that era, but I watch a lot of 70s stuff and, and, and I appreciate you know, the, the design and the, and the fashions and stuff of seventies, mm-hmm. you can't get around it. I mean, it, it's every era of film you're going to have, unless it's a period piece, you're going to have the, the things that uh, were popular in that, that era. So yeah, it was, it was interesting to see. Uh, what's another like guys. Um, I'll mention one that this is one of the things that Bava insisted on adding um, because, again, he didn't like the script, but he's the one that came up with the idea to put the corpses in the bags in the freezer. That's part um, of the movie. I guess, yeah, yeah. Originally, the script had them just, like, um, buried underground with, like, with, you know, cross-shaped headstones or something. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to put them in a the freezer in bags. And I love how every time a new bag is added, there's, like, this almost, like, carnival-type music playing. Dude, I, wrote, I wrote down player <laughs> piano. Yeah, I think that's that's where you see Bava's like dark sense of humor, you know, and that that's where I'm like, ah, there he is (laughs) when I'm, you know, when I'm watching this. I'm like, there's Bava. I was wondering where he was the last couple scenes. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely thought that was one of the better parts of of the whole film is the shots of, you know, the sides of beef and everything. And then here's, you know, what ends up (laughs) being what, six or seven bodies (laughs) in plastic. So. More dead Very meat for the freezer. Yep. What about you, uh, Taminator? Any any likes? Well, here's what I have to say about this. You know, when you're watching a porno and that, <laughs> I, I love how presumptuous you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've ever seen one, but I'm guessing if I yeah, watched one, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a feeling that. So the idea. To me, this felt like a swingers retreat held at some like NASA scientists or whatever's gorgeous beach house. And so it's like they needed an excuse to have the rotating bed scenes and all that. So they have this very loosely tied together, very thin plot of this guy and his secret formula. And that, that even kind of is like... It seems like first they want the house, then they want the formula. I, I don't, I, I couldn't quite follow everything that was going on there, but it basically it was just. It seemed like an excuse to have a lot of really sexy scenes string together. Yeah, some and attractive some women, skills. scantily yes. clad, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that uh, pretty much every woman in here is, is pretty beautiful. I mean, oh I would yeah. Say. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not sure about the guys, but I mean, I'm sure. I guess maybe the guys were good looking. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Um, chest hair, <laughs> yeah, hairy chest. <laughs> that seems to be a theme tonight. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed uh, some of the uh, the cinematography. Uh, he uh, had some some good um, camera work. He had some good lighting and shadows, and he had some uh, some good coloring, but. You know nothing compared to like what we're used to seeing. No, from, and then there, from was, the, uh, there was sorry. one scene, and I'm going to guess this. I'm going to hope this is Bob is doing the glass balls coming down. Um, I would say, yeah, I'm guessing I, that was one, one of the do. coolest. Yeah. Was it glass balls scenes? or was it like marbles? What was it? I don't well, know. I, okay, giant, giant marbles, whatever. There, it's yeah. Uh, 
it spilled. It's a way of going from. It was like a way of going and then revealing that death. Yes, yeah. and it, you'd have to watch it to know what we were yeah. talking about. But it was man, yeah. that was slick. That was one of the coolest scenes in a movie I've, I've ever seen. To be honest yeah. with you, so I mean, yeah. there was some good stuff here. It just didn't. It was held together very thinly. The uh, exterior of the house that was a matte painting that Baba made. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, he had to make that himself, and he—I mean—he had to do all the editing himself. Like he, well, he, he did had a nothing really for good this job because I thought that was the coolest looking house I had ever seen. In my <laughs> yeah, <life. laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do think that um, maybe he wasn't uh, the greatest at editing because there was some. Yeah, I don't know how much experience he had with edits. it. Honestly, yeah, yeah, there was some choppy edits. That I was kind of like, uh, not sure what uh, what's going on here. It just kind of like abruptly went from something to something mm-hmm. else, and mm-hmm. not sure if that was a a choice on purpose or just you know shoddy editing. But you know, it, it was probably somebody saying, "Hey, Mario, you know, we we'll pay you this much. You know, we we're in a bind. Could you do us a favor?" And, mm-hmm. and he jumped in and did his best, but it's basically mercenary tell, work that he's doing. Yeah, you can tell that it's um, it's just not. I don't know if you would say his heart wasn't in it. You know, uh, he's there just, wasn't enough of him in it to save it. I don't yeah, know. Well, you're just, he's just he's doing it to get a paycheck or to, mm-hmm. right. to do it as a the favor. The movie probably turned out better because of him than it would have otherwise mm-hmm. turned out. <laughs> but it's still it's this was not like a passion project or anything like that for him. Yeah, and you you can tell when directors are really passionate about something and and putting their heart and soul into it, and and mm-hmm. when they're just getting a paycheck. <laughs> so. Um, no, one thing mm-hmm. that I'll throw. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying anything else that we, that we like. Yeah, I mean, it, I'd say this about all three movies tonight is that there's a lot of strong female characters. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. women are not like helpless damsels or anything like that. The women are like they're just as ruthless as the men sometimes. Like the girl does, like you know, she's a judo flip yep. <laughs> on the one guy. Um, there's like a lesbian subplot in here that's not like condemning in any way. You know, it's just kind of mm-hmm. there. They don't seem to be have, passing any kind of moral. Um, you know, condemnation against it. Uh, well, it, is, but, it is Italy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also a very conservative Catholic country in a lot of yeah. ways too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's. I, I was impressed by how much women have to do in these movies and how much of a you know a foil they are for some of the men sometimes. Um, and that was true for this one as well, and some of the other movies. And I, I definitely appreciated that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that pretty much all of the acting was was pretty decent. I mean, there, there was no, like, really wooden, um, you know, like sometimes you get in some of these movies, mm-hmm. just really wooden acting. I think everybody in this movie did a, a pretty good job doing their part. Yeah, the acting was uh, fine. Some of the writing was confusing, but uh, yeah. Yeah. the acting was yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, and you wonder how much of that is, like, lost in translation or, like, the culture or... I don't know. I don't, I don't. Sometimes the way they say things just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But um, did you say they didn't have a complete script? Or no, they had a complete script, but Baba didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> but he he didn't have any control over that. He was just kind of coming in two days before they started film, filming it. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I really can't think of much else that I like. Really like over the top liked. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? 
Yes? No? No, not really. Yeah. I did notice that in multiple movies tonight, people are drinking J&B scotch. J&B. seemed to have been uh, pretty popular. <laughs> they had a uh, yeah. contract with J&B scotch. <laughs> they must have. Yeah. Um, all right, so let, let's get into our dislikes and what, what held this movie back from being, um, you know, what it could have been. And I'm going to say most definitely lack of a coherent script. Yes. Um, I just felt like it was kind of difficult to follow, like what was going on. Yeah. I I had difficulty keeping track of who people were. Yeah. My wife and I had to keep reminding each other because like you don't stay with any of them long enough to really get to know who they are. Yeah. And then like their relationships to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're dispatched in such quick succession towards the end and off and off screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it makes for a good comical effect, but it doesn't help me follow the story any easier. Um, yeah. I was definitely lost sometimes. And I had no idea who that girl with the striped dress was like, does she yeah, live there? She... How old is she? I'd have no idea what that character was supposed to be. And what was she and Baba actually added that thing at the end, that twist at the end where she like goes into the prison yeah. and talks to the professor. He added that at the end, I think just to give her some kind of clarity or some purpose in the movie. Um, I'm telling you, they all came there for a swingers weekend. I'm telling you. Yeah. It, oh, okay. I, I think you're right. <laughs> they probably should have just said that, you know? Yeah. yeah but I mean, but, that's what it really seemed like to me. Cause they didn't seem the to swing be, in seventies swing. In they, 60s. That's actually exactly. a good plot idea. They weren't really coupled up. I mean, it looked, it seemed like some of them had been with each other, but they'd also been with everybody else. Too. Well, even the one oh, guy the, says, like, I'm not jealous. Like, she's, yeah, like, the going one, after the, the house guy boy or whatever they call him. Yeah. who liked the yeah. boat boy or whatever, or the yeah. house boy. That was definitely an open marriage there. I mean, she yeah. was like, yeah. hey, do what you do what you got to do or whatever. He's like, while you're at it, go after the professor, too. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that whole plot point of, you know, the professor has, has invented this serum or this resin or whatever and and everyone's just throwing him million dollar checks hey these, these are all rich beyond belief people here uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous like here's a check for a million dollars yeah yeah and if you go with me <laughs> that is just so stupid more. there'll be five more coming good luck yeah. cashing that yeah uh, this is uh <laughs> we made it out to cash it's a swiss account you can you know. i was like good lord uh <clears throat> and what I, th- there could have been a little bit more tension there, like uh, fighting as to who's going to get this, you know, the rights to this resin or whatever, but that never really, I don't no, know. I'm just and, trying to figure course, out what the hell the guy has in the first place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Time. Yeah. You know, and, and the fact that, you know, no, money means nothing to him. Money ne- means nothing to him. Just helping humanity. Yeah. Um, Here's one of the bad parts you mentioned it, Vin. Uh, pretty much no killing happens on screen. Yeah. It's all off screen, and you see the, the aftermath, and there's really not much blood or gore. Um, and and the exact opposite of our next movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is, it's too bad, too, because. You guys, you gotta try to picture this. Every time someone's killed, they go hang them in a meat locker in a plastic bag. There's like plenty you could do with that, you know. But it's it's like one minute they're there, the next minute everybody's walking them to the cooler to hang yeah, them up. I mean, and we said the acting wasn't bad, but like nobody like there's like one freak out because of a dead body. Nobody else really seems to care. That's that why much. I'm saying that. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, they all just showed up there for swingers weekend. Yeah, no. <laughs> they, there's no connection between them at all. They might as well have been. 
strangers that yep. just showed up. Yeah. But see, that's gonna be that's gonna be more of a script thing. Oh yeah, hey, yep. you know you're gonna have you're as an actor, you, you can only do what's on the script. I mean, mm-hmm. unless they're saying, "Hey, go ahead and improvise and knock Was something." Was that dumbed here, down? Uh, do we have this dumbing down for American audiences again? Was there some sort of sexual subplot, maybe, or something that would just not no understand? Nothing I've heard. Yeah, not, I, not I haven't. Point. I haven't read anything about that. Uh-huh. Something yeah. weird's going. I don't know. It was just. Weird. There's just a bad script. I think that's really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. And there was a couple couple of parts where you could see Bava trying to, you know, probably throw some of his color and stuff in there. There was a there was a bedroom scene near the end. Uh, there's these like red velvet curtains hanging in a. In a there was toe smoking. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my gosh. What my wife heck? said double oo. <laughs> when she saw that. Yeah. Like, ew, double oo when he started smoking from it. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god! There, yes, there were some. There was some comical relief that I'm not sure if it was supposed to be funny, but it, it was. Uh, toe smoking is always funny, <laughs> and, and the whole thing at the beginning where they do the joke with the girl being sacrificed. Yeah, the, like, yeah. She's got ketchup on her or whatever. I know what she's got on her, but. Oh my gosh. And mind you, this is after we've watched her literally writhe around for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I thought she was like the hired stripper or something. But, <laughs> yeah. And she definitely became like a sex symbol afterwards. I mean, she was like, she was in a lot of jollos and stuff afterwards. Well, she was yeah. very beautiful, whoever she was. Yeah, yeah she, she had assets. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> and there was some definite big hair in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, she had that hair teased up. And I was like, so did she the professor, though. The professor looked like he'd never seen a brush in his life. <laughs> okay, well, that's um, that's because he's a young Emmett Brown from Back <laughs> to the Future. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, I just would like to live in a world where that, that's the same universe. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else? Uh, here, here's the thing that really, really took me out of this and, uh, the music. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, this is some cheesy. I don't even know if this was scored. This had to have been stock music. music. I think somebody leaned on the synth. Yeah. But (laughs) it's, you can do synth. Well, yeah, no, this is, it's just like, like in, in the wrong, go, in yeah, the wrong parts, <laughs> in the wrong parts. Like it's supposed yeah, it to be scary. Like, why are you, you know, and I understand that that is, um, something that uh, happens a lot in shallows. Like even one of my favorite shallows, deep red, the, the music in that, which is iconic from goblin there, there are times where I'm like, why? Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm in a Euro dance club, <laughs> and it's supposed to be a scary scene. Um, so, the, but there's, in there's deep a certain amount of works excess here. It doesn't. Yeah, so, like the music is excessive and it's very loud. Yes, it's mm-hmm. like you can't help but hear that music. It's like it just overwhelms everything. Um, but also, like um, <laughs> he goes crazy with the zoom. 
<laughs> like yeah. there's times we're zooming in and out, in and out, over and over. I was like yeah. getting nauseous. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it, for no like narrative effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like it's like oh, he, you know, he found out this camera had this feature all of a sudden. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, the thing is, Bob knows what he's doing. That's why I'm like, I feel like he's just kind of having fun and not caring a whole lot. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. probably like, let's, let's see what I can do here. Yeah, you know, let's, like, let's see if I can get away with this. <laughs> let's let's, let's close, close up on her eye for just a, yeah. you know, for absolutely for no reason. No reason. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely got it. There are some of these movies that you can watch and it, and it feels like timeless, even though you've got the 70s um, or 60s, uh, you know, outfits and styles and sets and music this one just felt so so dated and um you know <sighs> again i'm glad i watched it it's not a horrible movie i've seen a whole whole lot worse um but uh, yeah definitely definitely my least favorite yeah. of of the the three tonight so i mean i talked about how uh with that zoom um, it, when he's doing that zoom in and out, it does feel kind of like he's like saying "f you" sometimes to the audience. And I also felt that when we watch a fight from behind a screen, mm-hmm. for some reason, like <laughs> it's just like he, you know, most of the fight takes place behind this. It's just like this lattice screen, and we can't see most of what's going on. And I can only imagine Bava being like, "Yeah, f you there too." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea why he would do that, uh, mm-hmm. other than just to be like, "Yeah, see if I can get away with this one." Yeah. This uh, definitely was a rush job. It was shot in only 19 days, is is what it says. So it, it's not it's not something that they really took a whole lot of time on. Uh, uh, hey Mario, we've got this uh, we've got this location for two weeks. You got to get this thing done. That's really what it was. Um, yep. Yeah. All right. So I think that's all we need to spend on this this film. Uh, let's go ahead and rate it. It's very difficult to rate because um, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, slap Bava in the face. He did. I think he did his his best with what he was given. Uh, I, I'm going to say this to me is is a five and a half out of ten. Um, if you're a, a Bava completist, if you're uh, a Jalo completist, uh, even though this isn't this isn't straight Jalo, you know what I'm saying? It, it's considered Jalo, but you don't really get a um, a gloved killer. You don't get a whole lot of point of view, um, mm-hmm. camera work. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, bold colors or anything. But I mean, I guess it's supposed to be a mystery, so they just threw it out there with uh, the Jalo. Um, yeah, so five and a half out of ten. Uh, what about you, Tammy? I'm going to have to give this like a three and a half. It it just, it didn't really work on much of any level for me. And I feel like I've been very generous. I've, I've definitely come to appreciate Baba much more as we go through these. And I just see this one as a miss for him. It just, it it seems like something he did for a weekend. I mean, if I could stay in that house for a couple of weeks for free, I would make somebody's (laughs) movie, you know, but um, it just, his, his heart like you look at this and look at blood and black lace, you can mm-hmm. see where his heart is in something, and it just mm-hmm. it felt like a throwaway movie to me. So. Yep. All right. And what about you, Van? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm uh, five and a half. Okay. Uh, same kind of thing, which is basically like um, I'm not recommending that people seek it out, but I don't hate that I watched it. That's pretty much what that means for me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And if you had to watch it again for something, you, you probably would, but it's like, you know, you're I not wouldn't really look forward to it at all. You're not, <laughs> right. yeah, you're not rushing. So. Yeah. That, and it's, it's not one of those where you're going to get something out of it each time you watch it again, you know? Right. It's I, I will say this. I liked it better the second time I watched it. Oh, okay. I, um, I eat my word. You knew what to expect that time. Yeah. I mean, then I was looking for other little things. and Did you, know, you feel like you understood it any better the second time you watched it? Yeah. Okay. I did. I did. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to uh, reveal the twist and stuff at the end, but there is a little little twist, like Vin said, that uh, that Bava added. Um, and, yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get right into our review of 1971's A Bay of Blood. We are back, and we're going to get right into uh, 1971's A Bay of Blood. Came out May 3rd, um, 
actually it came out, um, let me see here, in Italy, uh, September 8th, 1971. Did not come out in the uh, United States until May 3rd of 1972. Um, but uh, it is rated R, and I mean R, one hour and 24 minutes, uh, 6.6 out of 10, uh, about 9,200 uh, reviews there on IMDb. As far as the tomato meter, about a 4,400 user ratings. Uh, it's got a 63% audience score, which isn't bad, uh, and an 85% tomato meter, which means, you know, the critics. The critics really liked it. Uh, well, they like it now. Yeah, not at the time. <laughs> they didn't like it at the time. But I'm saying uh, it's generally looked upon as a very influential movie, and, uh, and we'll talk about that, but... The synopsis here, A Bay of Blood, the murder of a wealthy countess, which was erroneously deemed suicide, triggers a chain reaction of brutal killings in the surrounding area as several unscrupulous characters try to take over her large estate. Of course, it was uh, directed by Mario Bava. Bava was also one of the writers of the screenplay. And there's literally 10 other people that collaborated, not even going to go into that because there's a lot of Italian names. Uh, it stars Claudine Alger as Renata, Luigi Pastili as Alberto, uh, Claudio Camasa as Simone uh, or Simon, uh, Anna Maria Rosati as Laura, Chris Avram as Franco, Leopold uh, Tristi as Paolo, and Laura Betty as Anna. Uh, and again, you can go down the list and see other names, but uh, don't know any of them. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and give our first impressions. Uh, I'll go first this time. Uh, I had seen this once before. Uh, it probably was the early 90s or so. Um, and I remember uh, that you, can t- you know exactly what I remember, right? I, I remember <laughs> the kill scenes. And, uh, but I didn't remember much of the story and I didn't remember, uh, really what it looked like. Um, I knew how influential it was, uh, in later films to come. But, uh, so I guess it was probably my second or third time I watched each one of these movies tonight twice. Um, this was, uh, my second and third time and, uh, uh, really impressed (laughs) with a lot of this movie. Um, I, th- I think it might be slightly overrated uh, in terms of like the story, like you know the, how, how things kind of tie together and and all of that. But you cannot deny the influence that it has on yep. the future Jallos and also just the entire slasher subgenre uh, that was about to be birthed in. Um, you know, I, a lot of people say that um, uh, Psycho is the first slasher, or or um, the Peeping Tom, and then you've got uh, people say that Black Christmas. If you're looking at like people being killed by an unknown killer one by one, and the actual focus being on the kills, this is it. Yeah. This is this is the formula. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so and we'll talk about some of the other kind of things that uh, were were kind of copied uh, as we go along. So, uh, how about you, Vin? 
Yeah, I'd seen this one before, uh, quite a few years ago. I remember the copy I saw was very grainy. So this is the first time seeing the film, like, you know, an actually crisp definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first watched it, I knew its reputation for violence. And yeah, I recall thinking it wasn't nearly as violent as I'd expected it to be, uh, but I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this time around, I think I definitely was appreciating, um, you know, this is where we really see Baba's dark sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and again, Bob is having fun here, but this time he had a hand in conceiving of the film. He had a hand in writing the film. Um, you know, I think that you should, people should approach this with a sense of fun. Uh, they shouldn't approach this like it's a very serious film, especially like um, when you get to the end of the film, you have to have a good sense of humor about it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but like you said, like we see, you know, this is what's so extraordinary about Baba is that he goes and he gives us one of the, you know, one of the best horror anthologies ever with Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he creates like the first true Jalo. You know, he kind of does it mm-hmm. twice, yep. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I consider Blood and Black released the really the first Jallo. And he did that like, what, six or seven years before Jallo's became popular. Mm-hmm. And now we see him pivoting from Jallo to Slasher, um, where it's not about the mystery. It's about the kills. It's completely about the kills. Um, and I, I think if it was one killer, we can call this a real a real Slasher. Yep. But the fact that it's just like people killing every, every killing each other, <laughs> yeah. I think makes it makes it different. But it is, yeah, it is like it it does set the standard for the body count movies that American slashers yeah. become. Like it is so amazing how ahead of the curve he was, constantly was, um, you know. But I, I think I appreciate this one more, kind of like you were saying, as how influential it was. I mean, this is I think undoubtedly one of the most influential horror films ever in the genre. I'm not yeah. saying the most. I'm saying it's one of the most, though. Um, and you really got to go in there appreciating it. And yeah. you know, in terms well, of his filmography, it's like, man, he I've, did it again. I've got a huge um, theory here, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think in 1970 he got roped in to doing this uh, Five Dolls for an August Moon, and he did not get a chance to do anything that he would have done. Um, it is known that it is one of his least favorite of all of his works. I think he was kind of like, uh, doing this one. He was like, okay, everything that I wanted to do, like show the kills and, and do the, I'm going to, I'm going to ramp it up Yes. in, in this one. I really think so. I think he was like, uh, and I think it might have been like even like a slap in the face to the people who produced and the five dolls for an August moon because maybe he told them, hey, let's do this, let's do this, and they're they're they were probably all like, no, Mario, just do what you're told. We know best. And five dolls for an August moon was a flop. <laughs> um, and this wasn't like some huge whatever, but uh, I think he just said in your in your face, and I'm going to do it, you know, because that's if. If um, Five Dolls for an August Moon had this kind of violence, it'd be a whole different movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if because you've got, you know, 10 or so characters are on an island, they're trapped. Why couldn't a killer, like, stalk all of them, kill them in, in all these different kind of ways? And it would have been a, a much better film. So I think he made the film that, that he... Uh, he said he thought he should have done. I, I think I, that's just my thing, and and I'm not a big uh, Bava like historian or whatever. I know there's a guy named Tim Lucas 
he wrote yeah. that book, All the Colors of Jala or whatever. And, and All the Colors <clears> of the Dark. Yeah. All the Colors of the Dark. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to talk to him or maybe read that book and maybe there's some insight into that. But that's just my that's just my theory. So, all right. What about I mean, I you, think, uh, Taminator? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking, um, yeah, <laughs> Tammy said like before she mentioned porn, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, <laughs> and it just, it makes me think that, you know, uh, definitely, um, erotic cinema was coming around at this time. Pornography mm-hmm. was just kind of starting to become mainstream as it went. And like, you know, w- when it's porn, it's like every scene is just there to set up the sex. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're starting to see this move towards horror here where every scene is really just there to set up the kill. And I think if there is sort of a correlation between the exploitation sex industry and the exploitation horror industry kind of mm-hmm. uh, mimicking each other in certain ways um, where it's it's becoming less and less about the story and more about the kills, just like pornography. Um, so I just wanted to mention that kind of thing, because, you know, with your theorizing as well, uh, <laughs> something that Tammy mentioned made me start thinking of that. Yeah. Well, well back had- time, I mean, pornos were were played. Uh, for serious. I mean, you had like Behind the Green Door, Devil and Miss Jones, Deep Throat. Mm-hmm. These were, I mean, actual actresses. Yeah, actors I think those actresses. came a little bit later, right? Right, but yeah. I mean, I think um, it's what porn became when it became, yeah. you know, so disposable. Now they had erotic films already at this point. Right. They were showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about, you know, you think about 1972, Craven does Last House on the Left. Well, that, what's interesting is that I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to take that away from you if you're going to say it. I'm just saying it's it's exploitation <laughs> and and Craven did porn. Yeah. Uh, well, not, and he wasn't an actor, but he when did. this played in the U.S., it played on a double bill with Last House Last on the House. Left. Did it really? And yeah. one of the producers of Last House on the Left was Sean Cunningham. Yep. So Friday Thirteenth, right? Yeah, so, yeah <laughs> it, it all comes around, uh, you know, full circle. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that that would have been a great double feature to see back in 1972. Last House of the is kind of heavy stuff. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah. heavy stuff, except for the the goofy, uh, the cop Yeah, music. the Keystone Cops that yeah. you see. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's It all kind of came from that sleaze, exploitation, you know, yeah. Uh, porn, all that erotic type. And then, and then, okay, instead of the sex, let's make it the violence. Yeah, so. we should remember that at this, I think this same year, or no, it was 1970 that Hammer did uh, The Vampire Lovers. That might have been 1970, uh, the year before, but, you know, this is where Hammer's starting to inject sex, yeah. you know, to revitalize their their own product, um, have more nudity, have more graphic violence. So, um, we're seeing this trend starting right at the same yeah. time. Faux shizzle. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tammy. Your first impressions, and had you seen it before? Um, I had seen this before a, a while ago, and I, I think like Vin, I saw it was on one of those um, DVDs that has like ten movies on it or whatever. That I so it wasn't like the greatest transfer. Yeah. Um, but I have to definitely say, Baba is back, <laughs> and <laughs> I have in my notes like, okay, first of all, I wanted to say like, if anybody is like me who, who might be interested in maybe sticking your toe in the water into Baba. And I would say this would be a really good place to start this one. Even I know it's not chronologically the first, mm-hmm. but it, so it embodies so much of personally, in my opinion, is it embodies so much of everything that's good about him. And I also have in my notes that it, I can't believe the influence. You can directly see, like I have in my notes, like okay, obviously this is where Friday the Thirteenth started. 
I, I, but this is where the, Friday Thirteenth Part Two, yeah. yes, part two yeah. uh, actually Anna, steals, yeah, at least steals two, at least two yeah, of steals, the kills, yeah. And uh, I think everything Annabella was going for in Love Witch, right? This is mm-hmm. the, exactly where she got it. So, I mean, if you are a true horror lover, but maybe you're just not kind of like me, you feel really, you know, like you got a good hold on things, but you might like to dip your toe into the jello. This would be a really good place to start because you could come at this from so many different directions and even if you didn't love the movie you're going to enjoy a lot of those the things that you know were occurring here for the first time yeah although i I wouldn't call this a giallo um i I guess uh, i'm lumping that in this whatever this the the the, the, i i guess prior to my bava education i kind of just thought all his movies is one thing so i I avoided all of them i I especially think that Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, if you like me, don't uh, lumped uh, thought of him as one thing and lumped everything together and kind of just maybe stayed away from, you know, all of them because you didn't think you liked them. I think this would be a good jumping off point from somebody yeah. who's interested in educating yeah. themselves in Baba. Yeah, I, I think that Baba literally shows us the jumping off point between Jalo and Slasher, and he does it with the opening kill, um, because you know when you have that Countess. Um, in the wheelchair, and of course, like you know, she's you know, she it's a great kill actually. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but she's hanged, but she's hanged by a black glove killer, right? But then the guy, you know, if, if this was a Jalo, be like, oh, it's going to be a mystery who this guy is the whole time. But no, he, you know, Baba pans it up and he shows you his face. You're just like, oh, yeah. okay, we already know who the killer is, and then he's dispatched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he lets the audience know right away you're in for something different. This is not yes. the kind of Jalo that you expect. Um, and it, he he goes, you know. To in a totally different direction as it goes. But I think he's playing with people's expectations of a Jalo in the beginning. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. having having fun. I definitely yes. wouldn't call it a, a Jalo, but I would say this. It it's the first of its kind. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, you can say all you want to about Psycho or Peeping Tom or whatever. Uh, Black Dude. Christmas came directly from this. Yeah. yeah. Black, Black Christmas, Christmas more before. Of a that we would expect. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, even, even black Christmas, yes, you have some suffocation, some strangulation. You have the, the, the really cool, um, Christmas ornament stabbing. <laughs> but, <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. But you don't get the gore. Right. That you get in there. Well, I mean, you, you get really a straight up decapitation. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. get a, what's that thing called? That knife, it's not a cleaver. It's know. like some, some kind. No, it's, it's called a sickle. something Dead hook. <laughs> it's called a something hook. And I, and I forget what it's called. But you get one of those right in the face. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and and Friday the 13th, the girl that gets the axe in the face, straight from that. Straight from that. Remember that? In yep. the first one where the axe goes up and hits the yeah. light. Yeah. And then the hits the from yeah. Straight from that. You, you, I mean, that decapitation is just, I mean, for 1971, yeah, the blood spurt, you see the bone. It's like, yeah, it looks good. Tom Savini had to have been like, wow, <laughs> I want to do this. At that point, seeing the real yeah. stuff. Um, well, I mean, too, and then like we've just, we've talked before him and his lingering camera. Mm-hmm. These things are happening. You get to watch it for three minutes. Yep. You know, it's so awesome. The, well, I think the, the girl that, 
you know, of course it's, she has to skinny dip in the middle of the day, in the middle of nowhere, uh, which would be the first of many, many, many slashers to have a girl go skinny dipping for no reason. Um, and then when she she's running, so little on, it, she didn't even need to take that dress off. Yes. <laughs> and when you when he was chasing her and he hit he hit her shoulder. Oh yes. And it dug in, and then you see the the meat come off of her neck. You yeah. know, it's like wow. I mean, that's yes. that is gruesome. It's gruesome. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you, you can't. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the other thing about that night, that opening, the opening uh, scene that I really noticed, though, before we leave the beginning of the film totally behind, um, is not only does he start with the Jallo, but the the Countess's house is so mm-hmm. bob. Oh, like yeah. that set design, the furniture, it looks like something that could have been in Black Sabbath or yeah. you know, uh, you know, one of his earlier films. But then the rest of the film doesn't look like that. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like those first five minutes are like, okay, we're this is the 1960s, and now the rest of it we're leading that decade behind. Yeah. Yes, he evolved in this movie big time. Right. Yeah. Now, now we're going dirty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, because if, here's the thing: those and, and and I use the air quotes here. Teenagers, they don't look like teenagers. Okay. <laughs> they they look exactly. like thirty some year old people, yes. but they're meant to be young people. Yeah. You know, first yeah. of all, I love that dagger dune buggy. Like that. Yeah. I love that dune buggy. Yeah. Um, uh, I used to watch yeah, that uh, cartoon. Buggy. What was that? Car- yeah, speed, speed buggy. buggy. But uh, they come in, and and literally the next twenty minutes of the movie, twenty twenty five is about them. They're there just to be bodies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all they are. That's the and that and that sets up that you know. But uh, I think the body count movies they have nothing to do with the plot. Same time, because he's constantly showing us watching other people watch other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a voyeurism yeah. going on yeah. here. You know, we, we see somebody, then we see them being spied on, but we're spying on that person now. So, like, <laughs> he has these different levels of voyeurism going on. That's you know, it's kind of like you like to watch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, you know, I'll show you something, uh, you know, yeah. and you're, you're going to like it. <laughs> uh, I think you're going to like it. I do think that Bob was doing something smart here, because I think the other thing that he does, um, you know, we, we never end up empathizing with any characters. Uh, and I don't think we're supposed to, you know, we, we bounce around this bay <laughs> as these people kind of run into each other and kill each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he has that one guy that collects bugs, you know, and he yeah. puts them in the boxes and he watches them mm-hmm. and he's got this beetle impaled on a pin and he's watching it wiggle and die. Yeah. But like, that's what we Which do. Bava felt bad about. Yeah. By the way. He did. Yeah. But then we watch two people writhing on a bed impaled. You know, and we're watching people being taken now. And it's just kind of like, you know, th- it's kind of like this guy watching the bugs. Like, we are just these kind of impassive, you know, impartial observers who are just watching this carnage unfold, kind of like this guy with his beetles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-, I think that Bob is doing something kind of clever there. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I mean, I-, I definitely think that uh, just going on uh, the camera work, I think there's some good camera work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the effects are are top notch. I mean, it's it's two thousand and twenty people. It still yeah. holds up. Yeah, it still holds up. That 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 knife to the face. Yeah. the the spear going through. By the way, this scene, which was di- directly ripped off in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, yeah. this one looks better. 
yes. that looks better I, yes, and it lingers. Yep. You actually it see them lingers. Yep. Yeah. It, it, they're, th- they're, they're all, you know, um, squiggling around and stuff until they stop moving. They're dead. Well, that girl on Friday the 13th part two is underage. So I think yeah. they, they couldn't do yeah. the same thing <laughs> that they, <Yeah. laughs> but, they did in this. But, you know, how, how incredible that is that this movie that was filmed in 1970, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it still holds up. It feels and, very, very updated. Yeah. Yes, it does. So, um, I, I thought that most of the acting w- was, was just fine. I mean, I, I don't think Bava thought anybody would even give a crap about the acting. <laughs> you know no. what I'm saying? He was like, they're going to be so shocked at this. That they're probably not going to be able to follow the plot. Um, the plot, more- I will say that, that the plot is a little crazy. And, and lots yeah. of people coming in and oh, you don't know who's killing who. And then, uh, you know, people coming in halfway through the movie, who is this? And, you know, it's like, it's like a porn. It's just, yeah. the plot is just there to get people in the room to kill them. Yeah. That's all that it's there for. Yeah. Were you going to say something, uh, Tammy? Oh, I was just going to say, though, there is some more, like, if you, especially if you compare this to the one we were just talking about, there's a little bit more character development here. Like that, the bug guy and his like gypsy looking wife. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean they, we kind of got to know them as people. I'm not saying you cared yeah. about them. She was about as irritating as could be, but you did get a little more sense of who's who, and I could follow more that a little better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess they want you to get to know, um, oh, who's the guy? Um, yeah. Uh, the guy with the hairy chest. Yes. Uh, um, Frank, right? Yeah. Frank, yeah, Frank Ventura. Yeah. You know, because he's the one at the beginning and he's got his his lover, Laura. In the last movie, both the plot and the characters kind of became indistinguishable sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. This one, the characters are distinguishable. The plot is kind of muddy. Um, yes. But I, I, I could tell all the characters apart, no problem. Yes. Yes, for sure. Especially that one dude with the ugliest mullet I've ever seen. <laughs> I just had to mention that what it looked like somebody that? carved a mullet out of an afro. Uh, you're talking about you're talking about one of the teenagers, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that dude looked like he was wearing, like I don't know what that was. Okay, Mark, if this is bad, cut it out. But he had like a Jufro cut into a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they called him back then. I mean, yes. Uh, but seriously, though, it looked like it looked like they carved a mullet out of an afro, and like yes. it, was, it was just hideous looking. Yeah, yeah. It, it was rough. I was kind of glad yeah. that he got taken out. I'm like, I don't have to look at that anymore. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so um, let, let's let's see what what else we got, guys. Um, I just want to mention too. What I said the last film is that these women can be vicious. Like yeah. they're just mm-hmm. as murderous as the men. There, I think there's a kind of equal balance between men who are kind of like subservient and dominant, and also with the women as well. Um, you get the one woman, she like stabs a guy right through the glass door. That was a great yep. touch. Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was really good. Stabbed him right in the femoral artery. <laughs> yeah. Right in the, um, oh gosh, what was that that he, he kept? Oh man. The animal he was talking about? The skunch? What was he saying? Oh, oh man. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, I kind of do. At the beginning, anyway, I was going to say she stabbed him right in this. I'm going to forget most of this plot within like a yeah. week. Um, yeah. I'm just going to remember the kills again. Yeah. I meant to write it down because I thought it was funny. I was like, I don't even know what the heck he's talking about. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this is, uh, man, there's nothing else to say except 
this is just so influential for those of us who grew up in the eighties and really saw in the heyday of, of, you know, the slasher genre, you know, this is, this is the blueprint, uh, for, for everything to come really, really was. Um, This is another time when it was like no budget, like, mm -hmm. you know, he, he had to act as his own cinematographer. He was yeah. using a child's wagon again for the tracking shots. But you could <laughs> not tell. You could not tell. No. Oh, so and they, they didn't have a forest. Um, they only had a couple of trees. And like half this movie took place in a forest. And like, it's I guess like that. The the, yeah. The, the, one of the actresses, one that played like the, you know, the psychic woman or whatever. Um, I, have a, I have a quote from her. She said, um, all of this had to occur in a forest, but where was it? Baba said, don't worry, I will do the forest. And he mm-hmm. found a florist who was selling these little stupid branches <laughs> with little bits of foliage on them. And he began to make them dance in front of the camera. We had to act in the scene strictly in front of those branches. If we moved an inch either way, the woods would disappear. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. But I mean, think, I think about, um, I just wanted to, to shout them out here. Uh, special effects. Uh, Carlo Rambaldi. Is the guy that did the special effects? Um, Franco Freda was the makeup artist, and Sergio uh, uh, Canavara is the uh, art director. But you know, I, I don't know how, how influential they were or what else they did. But I, I cannot imagine uh, Mario Bava coming to this guy and saying, okay, this is what I want to do. I want a decapitation. I want to, you know, he's like, because this really hadn't been done before. So, yeah, oh it's yeah, just, I'm as looking good it up. As anything K and B is putting out today. Well, I'm looking it up. Carlo Rambaldi, uh, who did the special effects and everything. He did the special effects for King Kong in 1976. <laughs> he went on to do the special effects in alien, uh, oh, wow. person counters ET. Uh, so, and I, I, I yeah. wanted to see what did he do before this. I'm looking here. Uh, Bay of Blood is 1971. Okay, so he did um, Four Flies on Gray Velvet the year before this, or the year of this. A Lizard in a Woman's Skin. So he had done some giallos, but uh, man, yeah, I, I bet he was like just kind of um, salivating. To be able to do this kind of stuff, but he went on to do a lot of a lot of really good stuff. Oh, he did the special effects for the hand. Remember that one? Yes, I yes I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he was the werewolf suit creator for Silver Bullet. <gasps> oh wow. Oh. <laughs> uh, special effects are ready for the Never-Ending Story. Oh wow. come on, wow! That, yeah. that yeah. big dragon. Right Why have that we never heard dragon? of this guy? I don't know. But and he, uh, yeah, come on now. Uh, an alien, he created the alien head effects. Cool. Oh my head God. effects, yeah, because it, it tells you exactly what, um, exactly oh, what he geez. did. Yeah, people had some real visceral reactions to these effects at the time. No, I, can like, imagine. I know, I know Christopher Lee went to go see his movie and he was completely disgusted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no one's used to seeing that. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, yes, there was um, Wizard of Gore and Blood. Uh, oh, yeah, you had Hershel Gordon Lewis, but I mean, that was so. It was so underground. It wasn't realistically whatsoever. 
Yeah, it wasn't done really, but it was kind of underground, right? I mean, it yeah. wasn't like something that you'd kind of have to go to a really seedy theater. People knew Baba. Yeah. 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 So this was really bringing it into the uh, into the mainstream. So. And Herschel Gordon Lewis had always been exploitation. He had yep. always been trash cinema. I mean, Baba had like, he had yep. such a wide, you know, filmography. This um, this is basically like, um, I wouldn't say Steven Spielberg, but. Uh, I mean, a really well-known director, you know, doing something like this just out of the blue, you know, uh, it, it would it'd probably put his career like on the on the line. Right. Well, he I mean, he never he, he was respected by people as a competent director, but he was never known as like a high end director at all, you know, but people knew he can get the job done. That's why he got all these last minute jobs all the time when people would quit <laughs> yeah um so i mean he was he was a workhorse he was just constantly working uh so i don't think that he ever had a reputation necessarily to to worry about <laughs> one don't you think something about. like this could have cost him jobs you know i mean in the future i mean if it really had been i mean of course i wasn't around at the time I mean, but certainly if the 70s didn't go the way that they did in horror yeah. but he, he kind of he you know he touched on you know, I, mean, I was going to say touching on nerve, but I mean, I don't think we even mentioned that this was Twitch of the Death Nerve in the U.S., which is one of the greatest titles ever. Um, yeah, Twitch I mean, of he, the Death Nerve uh, yeah. also was Carnage. And Bloodbath uh, in the U.K., Bloodbath. I think. And did you know that it was, um, oh, what did they call it? They, did they call it Last House on the Left 2? Yeah, it was released. Uh, when it was re-released or something? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Anyway, um, yeah. So, are there any any like really really weaknesses that we want to point out? I mean, let let's let's just be honest. I mean, I mean, come on. This is not like incredible plot, is plot acting. Yeah. It, it, we've already <laughs> said it. it. It everything is to get to the kills. That that's what this is about. So, if you're used to slashers are used to that kind of thing this will be right up your alley if you're looking for like a real complicated plot and and really getting to know characters and and really wanting some incredible performances to move you this is not that kind of movie um right so uh, before, I, I, go ahead. it sounds like you're about to wrap up the discussion but i do want to know what you guys think of that last scene that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, well, let's let's just say this: what if you have not watched this, you can you know fast forward this for a little bit because we we will spoil the ending, and the ending is is really a shocker. It is a stinger. Whether it is a, whether it makes whether it makes any sense, <laughs> yes uh, or not. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna go ahead and and uh, spoil this in three, two, one. Uh, what? What? <laughs> I laughed so hard. Mommy, daddy. I forgot about it, like, from the first time yeah, I watched it. Me too. Um, I had a big uh, smile on my face. Was it, was it just to shock people? Well, or was it Baba, like... Baba and another co-writer had originally <laughs> conceived of the film as these parents who were killing a bunch of people to try and support their kids. But they end up leaving them alone for, like, days. <laughs> Yeah. And then when they come back, the kids are like basically like feral and like angry and they end up killing them. Um, so that's kind of part of it. But I think, you know, I think this is part of like his dark humor. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that like maybe they were watching the parents and they were like, "Ah, oh, this is what we do." You know, yeah, I, <laughs> um, that's yeah. what I was thinking. They had been watching yeah. all the stuff that had been happening, and they weren't even thinking that it was all real. And maybe they didn't even think the gun was real because mm-hmm. they didn't like after they shot them, they didn't go up. Oh, mommy, daddy, what do we? No, they went out and played. They're like, look yeah. how good they are at playing dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think they like thought anything. It, it was just uh, really bad parenting. This was just Bava having so much fun and laughing his ass off at but the end of this. It was like, it happened. I was, I never left my mind. That's like, they just left their kids in that trailer. I know. That's what my wife said too. Like, I just going to leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, like, what? <laughs> hey, kids, play part cheesy uh, for a while till we get back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just well, the whole, a, the whole thing, like seventies parents that are just so self-centered, you know, and yes, all about themselves and uh, just completely ignoring their kids, and they get their comeuppance. But but it was so great that. <laughs> All of these people went through all this trouble. They're yep. killing each other. They're all this stuff. And and just at the end, the last two standing, they thought they had won. And then, bam. You know, I, I just, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think it fits with the tone of the movie. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's like if you got to the end of the movie and you got there and you didn't realize you were watching like a black comedy set of points, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think you were watching the movie wrong at that yes. point. You know? Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, I just wanted to say that knife that I kept asking what the name was, it's called a bill hook. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, I just oh. wanted, to, I wanted to say that. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see. What else we got? Uh, you know what's cool about that bill hook uh, scene is. What, even though the knife was in his face, his eye was still opening and shutting with that blade in it. And I was like, oh, my skin was just like <laughs> yeah. crawling off my body. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. it says uh, um, when he got stabbed in the face with a bill hook, uh, it was achieved with a prop blade, which was swiftly, swiftly pulled out of frame to hide the fact that it was sculpted to conform exactly to his face. Yeah. 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 That's how that they, was great. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, it was so good though. It was so good, man. That happened, and they lingered on it too. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I. It wasn't like that real quick flash. No, I was like, they please lingered stop on that opening and shutting your eye. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. So, all right. Any anything else um, that we want to say about the movie? I mean, I'm, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I mean, it 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 is what it is. Yeah, right. It's yeah. not a. It's not high art as far as like the the. This uh, isn't the script. This yeah. isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. Th- this is the precursor for all the um, you know, the slashers to come, and uh, it, it's very very well done. And what it was, you know, and this was this was really uh, new territory, and he was just blazing a trail here. Tell mm-hmm. you the truth, and and it and it man holds up. I ne- I need to buy this. Um, I'm sure there's uh, some releases of this. Great poster for this movie too. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, I can't have that in my my basement though. My kids would be scared. <laughs> Maybe when they graduate high school. Yeah. You know, I have actually decided. I think I'm going to order some of some of these posters and put them up. Nice. I yeah. want blood and black lace for sure, 
Yeah, yeah. just because it's got that great mask and stuff. But um, yeah, some of these are just really, I just, it's got that mid-century modern kind of look to the style. And I just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome. Set us pictures when you do. I mean, I love the, just talking about the poster, it's like she's coming out of the water. And you've got the blood and stuff, but it looks almost like she's coming out of a painting or something. Mm-hmm. And, and she's got that bill hook on her neck. Oh man, it was it's yeah. just such that's a great person. <laughs> Very visceral. So, all right. Well, let's just go ahead and um, uh, oh, I did I did want to let's let's go through a couple of uh, um, let me see. We'll see if there's anything here. Oh, this is Mario Bava's personal favorite of all the films he made. Of course, I'm not be. surprised at all. Um, due to the film's low budget, most of the locations in the film belonged to the director or members of the crew. So they didn't like rent any place to shoot. They, uh, they shot where they could, the interiors of Countess Frederica, uh, Federica, her home was shot at the favorite villa of Bava's. So that was Bava's house. Oh, wow. And the interiors of Frank Ventura's country house, which, you know, you loved, because you were sending us pictures of it, and you were like, "Oh man, this stuff. what was that? Like Groovy. balloons or something?" No, like that was like the light pictures. Glass balls. Oh my gosh, it looked like That's balloons. So... I thought Pennywise was living there. Oh, so um, cool. uh, yeah, they were shot at a summer home owned by the producer. So yeah, this is this was again guerrilla filmmaking at its mm-hmm. finest, man. We're gonna we don't have any money, but we're gonna make it happen. It's and, such a uh, time capsule. That's why I mean, when it's not fa- that's somebody's house, so that's like a true representation of how people lived at that time, and mm-hmm. that makes it even cooler because yeah. it's such a time capsule. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Anything else? I think that all oh, yeah, the body count is thirteen. <laughs> so that's a that's a pretty good pretty good body count. <laughs> one other thing I saw was in two thousand five, Total Film Magazine named it one of the fifty greatest horror films of all time. Mm-hmm. If you know, I was always. I don't thinking, know if I'd agree with that, but I think it's definitely one of the most influential of all time. If we did a ever did like a top one hundred like definitive best horror movies of all time list or whatever, that would be a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, I, I would have to put this in there. I mean, just because of the influence that. It yeah, had. not that it's. Yeah, we're talking influential. I would say absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but th- that's you know whether greatest and most influential. I mean, it's good enough. Not always the same thing. Be, yeah, yeah. It's a good film. I wouldn't call it a great I mean, film. It's a good film. Trust me. I enjoy Friday the 13th part two more than this. That's my favorite. I think it's a, I think it's a better film, yeah. but it would never have happened without this. Right. So got to respect yeah. the granddad. Yeah. Yep. And of course this was one of 39 films on the video nasties list. Yeah, and I can understand that for the time. Mm-hmm. So, alrighty. Well, let's go ahead and, and rate this thing. Um, Tammy, why don't you go first? I think I might be actually higher on this than you guys are. I'm kind of something about this. It just seems like I would tell anybody this seems like a fundamental must watch mm-hmm. for so many different reasons. And uh, I mean, even if yeah, if you're a Baba completist or whatever, but this is just such a good jumping off point, but it's also kind of cool to come at it now in my horror film watching career, <laughs> you know, after mm-hmm. I've got 30 some years under my belt and I can really understand what I'm seeing. Maybe that's why I have such an appreciation for it. Yeah. As I don't know if you saw it at that time, I don't know if it would have that much meaning. Um, I think I'm going to give this one a nine 
I, I really, I, I liked everything about it. I don't even think I don't, I have a don't like. Um, I, this is, I, I think this is, I'm understanding why, you know, Baba is what he is. And I feel just, I feel this and Blood and Black Lace, just in my opinion, are just like two of his love letters to the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Vin, score, uh, please. Slightly below her. I'm at 8.5. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it, it's, a, it's a, such a, it's a fun film. Um, you know, it, it, it's about the body count. Um, the story is, like I say, kind of beside the point, but I am a very story driven person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I was going to watch this again, it would be something I'd have like in the background. I'm not yeah. going to keep like, you know, <laughs> trying to stick with every line of dialogue or anything like that. So um, if, if it was more of a story driven thing, I would probably have a higher score with it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just kind of a personal approach though, but 8.5. But you think about all your, your most favorite slashers. Those are movies that you like to have on in the background. Yeah, because you know, put, you know what's going to happen. Gone, and, and, absolutely. And it's there because you know when the kills are coming, you can stop what you're doing and take a it's look. It's just comfort and, food to have on when you're yeah, yeah. doing stuff. Yep. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna split the difference. I'm coming in at 8.75. Hey, how you like that? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Agreed. It, I mean, the the plot is, is really um, complicated. A lot of people coming in and out, uh, and all that, but I don't, I don't really care. But with the ending that it has, none of the, none of the plot matters. None of it. No, none of it. So, uh, this is just, uh, such a, such a good movie to, to kind of jump off. If, especially if you're looking to, uh, see where the slashers that would come later in the seventies and eighties, uh, really got their inspiration. This is where you really need to, to start and see, you know, how, how, to, how it kind of progresses from there. So yeah, 8.75 definitely recommend from all three of us. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to take a very quick break. And when we get back, we're going to get into our last uh, review and our Bovember Bosember. <laughs> November slash December, and that is Hatchet for the Honeymoon.
right, we are back. And our final review for our Bavember Basember um, is Hatchet for the Honeymoon. This one came out uh, June 2nd, 1970 in Italy uh, and other places in Europe. Uh, but it came out on February 9th, 1974 in the United States. So we had to wait a couple years uh, to get this one. Um, it's a horror mystery thriller, and, and many people consider this a giallo. Um, it's one hour, 28 minutes. has a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, only about 3,200 reviews on IMDb for this one. Um, it's got a 49% um on the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes with about 1,500 and a 57% tomato meter. Um, so, yeah, there you go. A cleaver-wielding bridal designer murders very... <laughs> I, I didn't make that up. It's true. A cleaver-wielding <laughs> bridal designer murders various young brides-to-be in an attempt to unlock a repressed childhood trauma. Uh, directed by Mario Bava, written the screenplay by Santiago Mancada. Uh, it stars uh, Stephen Forsyth as no, John. No, young Her- Clint Eastwood. That yeah, that's what it looks like, isn't it? <laughs> yes. uh, uh, as John Harrington, he's our uh, titular character. Um, I guess not because it's not. He, he's not a hatchet. But. He's not a hatchet. <laughs> it's, it, the movie's not called John Harrington. Right. It was called Harrington for the Honeymoon? No. Uh, Dagmar Lysander as Helen. Uh, Laura Betty as Mildred. Can't stand her. Uh, it looks like Jesus Puente as Inspector Russell. Um, and Luciano Pigozzi as Vincis. And a bunch of other, you know what I'm going to say, Italian actors and actresses that you're not going to know. So I'm not going to say it. Um, let's see. I'm going to go first because I think you guys each had to turn, right? So I'm going to go first this time. Uh, my first impressions uh, first of all, I had never seen this before. Um, this is the one that I, I was kind of debating when we were picking these. I was like, nah, do we want to watch Lisa and the devil uh, Baron Blood or Hatchet for the Honeymoon, and I watched the trailer for this and decided, no, let's let's just go for Hatchet for the Honeymoon. And um, let me tell you, I watched it twice. The first time, I was a little not I was a little lukewarm on it. Second time I watched it, the rating went up. The rating went up. Um, I think this is a. Uh, um, this is another influential movie, and I think that it. Uh, w- when we get into this, I'll tell you what I think it might have um, influenced. Uh, it was definitely influenced itself by Psycho. Um, uh, we're looking into the mind of a, a psychopath, and one thing that I thought was really neat is it. It just tells you from the beginning what it is. There, there's no mystery here. Um, it, that's why it's not Jallo, even yeah. though people sometimes call it that. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I don't consider it a Jallo. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed this movie, and I'm probably going to purchase it. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys are going to think about the movie, but I'm, I'm just going out and saying it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Vin, what about you? Um, I'm sure that we're seeing some of the same things that it probably influenced. Mm-hmm. Uh, this definitely was my first time watching it. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be as high on it as you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that we're missing some Bava flair here. Uh, I know that this film, another one had a very low budget, um, all sorts of production problems as well. Uh, I know just some of the things like um, the, uh, I forget her name, Betty something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's the one that plays the wife. Like she was like kind of like a last minute addition to the film mm-hmm. um, because she had just won like a prestigious uh, acting award. Mm-hmm. Um so like th- that whole subplot was put in just to accommodate her, um, well, and then they had the. I, like, I think that it was, subplot. I honestly think that was different. the most interesting thing about the movie, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, they also like they had to stop. The budget ran out. They had to stop filming for like a year, uh, and then finally come back. So, um, and this was also um, the movie that he had the least money allotted for for special effects of any film that he ever directed, and that's saying mm-hmm. something. So yeah. that's like nothing basically. I mean, it's also a Spanish co-production or actually a Spanish production, I think. So, mm-hmm. which is really weird because the interiors of his house, the downstairs, at least where the staircase was, that was like, that was Francisco Franco's villa. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was basically, he was in a dictator's villa filming, which is just really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, anyway, that's just a little bit of pretense that, you know, uh, yeah. to talk about the film. But I mean, I, I definitely had an issue with, some of the story elements. <laughs> I think it was a very shallow story. Um, mm-hmm. And it really, for me, it didn't pick up until the third act. Okay. What about you, uh, Taminator? Well, I started to let out a little lukewarm, I would say. And I'm, uh, here we see Baba. He's going deep Freudian. This is like an Oedipus complex movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Okay, in all honesty, I started this last night and watched about, like, the first half hour, and I'm like, I'm just not connecting with this. I'll finish it when I get home tomorrow. So I finished it out up, like, about, say, the last two-thirds of it, about 4 o'clock this afternoon, and I, I started enjoying it as I was watching the second part. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool things in here, um, like the uh, whole idea of the bag and... Uh, uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of the drop of water kind of thing, you know, where mm-hmm. you've done something and, you know, is it there? Is it not there? Um, something that we, I don't think I'm a, I am a Baba novice, but, um, oh, that Baba novice <laughs> sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, we're seeing it almost like, you know, he, he seems to be really into like beautiful women and models and all that. Well now, and I'm not saying I thought this guy was cute because I did not, but we kind of got like this almost <laughs> like the male version of that. I, I have a feeling he was quite hot, uh, you know, for his time and, and the way he was dressed and some oh, funky. Oh, he had some clothes. He had male male jumpsuit, man. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> a black and white jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, with those uh, wow. ninja suits and big yeah. chunky belts and um, yeah. definitely some androgynous things happening there. Um, I, yeah, it, we'll get into it, but I, I ended up feeling much different than from where I started this one. And it's it's very different. Well, what I think is, is going on is, yeah, he might not have had a lot of special effects budgets, but I'm not sure he really needed it. For this, he worked around it well. Yeah, yeah, he worked around it, and I enjoyed it without any kind of like you know, like Bay of Blood type of special effects. Um, uh, I liked the story, and you know, the, the second time I watched it, it really came together more for me. As I kind of you know, when I, sometimes when I watch a foreign movie, and I'm I'm trying so hard, you know, because again, the first time I watched it with subtitles. 
and read the whole thing. And the second time I watched it dubbed and I would, I, w- I was just able to shut my mind off, mm-hmm. you know, and just enjoy the movie and follow yeah. because I was just, you know, uh, sometimes I do it the other way around. And the first time I watch it is just strictly for pleasure. And the second time I really take notes and, and, and kind of pick it apart. But sometimes the foreign movies, I have to do it kind of the, the other way around. But, um, I just liked it as a like a, a different kind of look in into the mind of a psychopath. Yeah. I feel like this was kind of like um, kind of like a, a psycho thing. Like you're talking about a guy who has uh, an infatuation with his mother. Um, he, he's killing women, uh, specifically brides who are about to be married, and nobody, even himself, doesn't even know why. He just has this you know, desire to kill and he's trying to figure it out. Uh, I love the beginning, how it's like, he just narrates it and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a, I'm a psychopath. I'm a, yeah. you know, and, and so uh, there's no mystery, you know, your, your main protagonist, you know, that's the guy. Um, it's kind of like, a, like American psycho a little bit. That's, that's what I think it yep. uh, is a precursor to yep. American psycho. Um, yeah, he's a very maybe a little Bateman type of character. Yeah. 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 Maybe a little bit of a maniac. Yeah. Um, yep. Mannequins. Yeah. Mannequins. Well, there's there's that whole mannequins. Mannequins. <laughs> yeah. And this time they have wedding dresses on, but they're still scary. Um, it, it it definitely is influencing uh, American Psycho in that it's like a dark comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. There is comedy in here. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it's not meant to be... Um, you know, so serious. I think there is that dark comedy in there. Uh, I thought the the main character, um, John Force, uh, John, um, oh, what was his name again? See, you got me messing up here. John Harrington. <laughs> John Harrington, who was played by Stephen Forsyth, who, by the way, didn't didn't act in anything ever again. Really? Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, he left acting after this, and I'm not he didn't sure why. Act much in this movie either. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he did. I thought he did well. Uh, I thought he did well. Didn't, I don't think he reacted yeah. very much to things. Well, that's because he's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. and psychopaths yeah. are 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 notably emotionless. Yeah, I remember Patrick Bateman acting. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, yeah, but, <laughs> I can still recognize acting even if they're playing a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, but see, uh, it, it, that's also a, a, a whole different era. You know, yeah, acting yeah. was different back then than yeah. it is now. Like Patrick Bateman. No, that's is, not true. Patrick, yes, it is. Patrick Bateman is over the top. You're telling me that Norman Bates there wasn't acting? I didn't say it wasn't acting. But I'm saying this, this is ten years before this movie. I mean, they had actors even if they were playing psychos. Yeah. Okay. I I understand that, but I'm I'm just saying I don't I don't think he did a bad job. You know. You think he uh, got this job because of his looks? Like I think they might have thought he, they could have gone somewhere. He looked good in a jumpsuit. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> with a shiny. Hey, uh, yeah. here's how we're gonna here's how we're gonna uh, hire you. Try on this black and white jumpsuit. Jumpsuit. Yeah. We'll see. What size are you? With like you're hired. Abs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought that the uh, cinematography, the lighting, the camera movement, all that w- was was good. Uh, the colors are definitely not Jalo esque. They're not bright, and they're not you know you're not don't go into here expecting blood and black black lace. But I thought the opening credits were kind of cool and stylized. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, yeah. So I, I just, uh, I think this was a, a pretty good movie. It's a whole different kind of movie, uh, than say blood or black lace and, and, uh, a Bay of blood, but I, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. What else we got? Anything, anything that you did like then? Um, one of the things that I thought was kind of novel, um, you know, or at least it stood out to me was it kind of places this emphasis and has an open acknowledgement of like women's sexual desires mm-hmm. and a real kind of like openness to sexual experience outside of marriage. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, and I, I thought they could have gone somewhere with that, <laughs> um, but they didn't like, This is one of the things I found this more frustrating than anything else. I felt like there were like, you know, seeds to ideas that could have gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them. Cause like, we don't really know why he's picking out, women who are going to be married to kill. They, no, they never go into that. We do at the end. No, it, it's, it, we still don't know. That doesn't answer any questions. He's because yes, every time he kills, what does it answer? Well, <laughs> I mean, kind he was of, obsessed he with his mother. Yeah. He didn't want, Oh, by the way, spoiler alert. We're spoiling this. He was obsessed with his mother and she was getting ready to get married again. He wanted her all to himself. So he killed her on the night she was supposed to get married. And then apparently he forgot about it and he didn't a, know that he killed a, her. It was and then every time memory. he kills a woman, he starts to get a little bit more of that memory back. Right. Like as though this was going to be a big reveal at the end. I mean, yeah, we know, we know he killed her. Of course. Uh, I, we don't know why he starts killing these women again. Um, you kn- you, you knew from the beginning that he had killed his mom. I did because the very yeah. of, of the child <laughs> that appears at the beginning. I knew that was like him. This is not this is not a difficult mystery. <laughs> it's solved. No, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I knew that the the child was probably him, but it didn't mean that he for sure killed his mom. I mean, well, I didn't I, know for sure till it was over. But I had no. But I think you can infer pretty yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't realize that it was like a mystery at the end uh, when he finally figures it out. Um, you know, that kind of surprised me that he didn't know. <laughs> uh, but I I thought that this was. It, what I thought this could have gone, and I was wondering if they were going this direction as I was watching it, was kind of like an Alice Sweet Alice, mm-hmm. where you have like those Catholic themes, you know, about like divorce and extramarital sex, and like we find out these characters are kind of being punished for that mm-hmm. because of like a certain, you know, zealous uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I thought that like okay, the, they make a comment about like how many of these women really should be wearing white. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. they said like, you know, if, if it was, if they were really following the rules, none of these women would be wearing white on their right, wedding night. And I thought, Oh, that is that his motivation. Maybe like the fact that they're not actually pure and he's punishing them. But that's not really it. Like, I don't, I think this story is really all over the place. I, I, I didn't like the story much at all. Honestly. Um, I think the third act, when we go the direction with the wife, it started getting more interesting to me. And there were a couple of things I really liked, but I think they, I don't think they took it far enough uh, where it could have gone. So I don't know. I, you're, I think you're more satisfied with this story than I am. It sounds like you're, you were expecting something, you know, and I wasn't expecting anything. Well, no, I, I, didn't I, know wouldn't, any- I wouldn't put it that way. I'm not saying I expected things. I said, Oh, I can see where you can go with this. And it, it just wasn't going anywhere. Like, I think the story is incredibly shallow. Like it's, there's not much there. Well, there's also like think- two stories. There's the wife story. And then there's the mother story. I kept kind of waiting for the wife story to go somewhere. Like, why do they hate each other so much? And yeah, you don't know that either. You yeah. don't know. And I, you know, so well, they hate each other so much because they're in a loveless marriage. And she said that, you know, she married, it was like a business deal. 
when when she married him because his well, his uh this this whole fashion house that he had inherited from his mother uh you know was in ruins and she brought the capital into the marriage to to make it work again so they were they were kind of like i guess you would call um oh my gosh my mind is you know they're they're each angry or resentful resentful of one another well it's for two different reasons because i'm telling you as a woman for a woman to have that kind of passion she i think she didn't think of the marriage as loveless i think because especially when he seems like he's gonna make love to her that one time and she really kind of gets into it i think she was mad because he was you know playing the field so much and just yeah well maybe using her for her money and um i think there you have it there you have it i mean she she probably got this good looking guy yeah you know with her money and she thought that maybe they would grow to love each other or whatever but he's playing the field and he probably doesn't have sex with her because he's got mother issues well and plus she's ugly and they gave her the the voice that they dubbed over her was like a 65 year old three pack a day smoker (laughs) there was a lot of dubbing i didn't like yes (laughs) i really didn't like what they chose for the boy yeah it was like clearly a woman's voice and it it just it sounded really pretty awful to me but yeah so i mean i just i just think when you say that there's different places they can go i'm sure that that's true but my my my, uh thing that i wrote down here was the the plot this is this is the dislikes you know the plot was to me overpacked and a bit muddled so it can get a little confusing well i think it's confusing because they're not actually like delivering on things and not elaborating when they should I, i don't think so i don't think so i mean it's it's a very simple story it's a very simple story. I don't think it needs to be the, the the thing that they did that that kind of. And I don't think they muddled it with this, but the fact that you've got like this killer mystery movie, and then halfway through it becomes a ghost story. You know, it becomes part of like kind of a ghost story, like a haunting type thing. Uh, I think I think that was good, but like, uh, what else can you do? I mean, I don't want you to go in all these different directions. I think. Maybe you could, you know, th- throw in some flashbacks of of this kid getting, you know, spanked by his mom or something. I don't know, and you know, I, I don't know. Stop, stop wearing that dress, you know, and smacking him on the butt because he did shades of Norman Bates. You know, he came out of there when he was killing his wife with that <laughs> yeah, with the veil, with, with yeah, the veil the on. I was like, okay, <laughs> cross dresser here or whatever. Um, but yeah, and there were some tonal shifts. Uh, uh, little supernatural twist there, but I, again, I, maybe it's because, like I said, the first time I watched it, I was like, eh. But the second time I watched it, I already knew what was going on, so the story flowed for me more. If that makes sense, like I was working hard the first time to understand what the heck was going on, um, and then the second time, I didn't have any of that that pressure to, to understand what was going on. I already knew what was going on. So I just kind of laid back and watched yeah, but it. That doesn't it. sound like it, the story got any more cohesive for you. It just sounds like you were acclimated. No, it did. It did get it more cohesive. It, it, it flowed. It flowed more for me, you know, cause I'm not reading and I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, uh, that's just the way it was for me. I mean, I, I can understand. I think, I think the movie is kind of ambitious and it does fall a bit short of being, Something, you know, 
better than what it what it is. But I still think it's a, a pretty a pretty decent film, and I think it's pretty pretty highly watchable. That's just that's just me. Well, maybe if you I like come the, I like the black I like Black Sunday on the TV. Black Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> Black Sabbath. Yeah. On, on the TV. I thought that, was that was fun. Cool. Yeah. I think if you come at this from, I mean, because the whole entire thing is told from his point of view, and we know he's a psychopath, and he so he's not thinking clearly anyway. Maybe there just is no cohesiveness. Maybe I'm looking for some cohesiveness that's not there. Well, you know, they don't, it, they don't seem to go the unreliable narrator route. Like I don't, we don't have yeah. a lot of reason to suspect that what he's seeing isn't actually real. Mm-hmm. In fact, what he doesn't see, other people seem to see. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which I think yeah. is actually like the most interesting part of the movie. That's that was yeah. my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought the that. There was a good scene when he had killed his wife and the inspector came in and the blood was dripping off the hand. Yeah, that was the only scene that had like tension in it. Yeah. 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 And uh, I didn't understand why um, certain sounds annoyed him, like pouring coffee, uh, scraping toast. Did you notice that? Yeah. Was there's like, yeah. there's you know, awkward dialogue in this movie, man. I, I, only, I only watched the dub version, uh-huh. but it's like, even like when he's walking around, like talking with the girl. Um, I think it was like Dagmar's character or something. Mm-hmm. He's uh, there. It's supposed to be almost like romantic dialogue, but it's like the the worst <laughs> type of <laughs> romantic mm-hmm. conversations going on. I'm like it was kind of cringy dialogue. Um, but yeah, it w- again, th- this is where one of those things where I'm like, well, why? Why is this bothering him? And I never know most of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, they didn't explain that, but that's left to our imagination. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is a lot about like just impotent masculinity you know uh, i don't even think he can perform sexually i don't think think so i think i think he is actually like having all these affairs with women i don't know like i i I think maybe he's just kissing them and then killing them i don't know he's not because we never actually see him him right do what he wants to kill them in the dress right that's what does it for him so maybe what did he say he said like women should live and then like die on the night they get married or, or yeah. I don't know what, yeah. what, you know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think basically the killing takes the place of sex. Yeah. I don't think it showed him having sex. I think that was the, the high he was getting is, is, you know, starting to kiss him and everything and then kill him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a possibility. Get into the, yeah, that, that's what I think. Yeah, but um, uh, let's see what else. I don't know. I mean, then you get into the whole, you know, um, past trauma. You know, he's 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 uh, blocking out something, and you know, I've seen that in a lot of different movies, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly didn't see it. I didn't really. I didn't really just assume he had killed his mother. I just didn't, you know, Hmm. maybe you just, for some reason I knew it right out of the gate, but they don't give you any clues as to, is he just, is that his own pathology or was she doing things like dress, you know, like you had mentioned, you know, saying don't wear that dress and then smacking around or whatever. Like they never showed mom doing anything. Yeah. We we don't have like an alternative killer. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he has other people in his memories that like he's thinking maybe it was this person or yeah. you know like he's he's always like the only suspect that we have and like immediately he's like the suspect for the police too so there's no like <laughs> I don't know uh, it's just certainly that, straightforward in a lot of ways yeah but that's the thing it wasn't meant to be a mystery he he just states it at at the beginning I've killed five girls I'm gonna kill again and yeah but I think the fact that he killed his mother was meant to be a mystery and I just didn't think it was much yeah he's was, was, that, it, was it ever even said that his mother was murdered no his just mom just died and he inherited whatever it never said that he killed her or somebody killed her well, in those flashbacks he was having, there was obviously a woman being killed, but I don't think we find out right away that's his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, say, I, it's, not, it's not that they're coming out and saying it. I just think it's so easy to infer mm-hmm. that you don't even realize that you're not supposed to know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I will say that, you know, one of the things I did like, and I, we just kind of mentioned it very briefly, but I love the cat and mouse game with the wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that whole idea of everybody else can see her, but him is great. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's like trying to pick up women and yeah, you know, and yeah. she's always just right there, but you can never see her. And I love like just him walking around carrying her ashes in a bag and yes. um, yeah. like that, that like little like 15, 20 minute stretch. I really liked. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And here's, here's a couple of things that I didn't enjoy. Um, like I had said about the plot being kind of muddled or whatever, but also some of the music, um, some of it was okay. There was like a, I don't know if you would call it like his theme that was, that was pretty decent. It was like the same, it's like that, 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 you know, whatever. I don't know what it was, but, uh, there were, there were certain scenes, like there was a scene where the inspector first came to talk to him. And they're outside in the garden and the women or whatever. And there's just like this, like, 70s. Like, playing in the background for that whole 10-minute scene. I'm like, this this has no purpose. Why is that playing right there? Uh, so some of that kind of uh, pissed me off. Because <laughs> it was just... I just want to hear the conversation. I don't want to hear porno <laughs> music in the background. Um, so, uh, what else did I not like about it? Uh, I, I think some again, some of the editing felt a little bit shoddy. It, like went from one thing to the other, like boom, real quick. And I'm like, did I miss something? Was something cut out? Maybe there was like, you know, something that happened in the uh, restoration of the film, and they had to cut a part. I, I don't know, but. You know, for the most part, um, the film looked pretty good. I got a um, uh, a nice one of the ones that I watched was uh, was um, from the Blu-ray rip. Uh, I think it's a K- Kino. Is that Kido or what's it? What's it called? Um, Kino Lorber. Kino, yeah. Uh, they did a a nice Blu-ray of this in 2012, I think, and I think I saw a rip of that. But yeah, so. You know, I guess I, I guess uh, I just liked it more than, than you guys. I just thought it was. Uh, um, I, I might like it the least out of the three of us. I'm not sure, but. Yeah. How about the fact that he got taken off to jail in an ascot? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're allowed to take your ascot. Yes, you are. Jail. And I love that it, his wife was going to haunt him forever. It was so great. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. That was hilarious. She's going to haunt him forever and then go to hell together. 
is yep. what she said. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what what else do you have to say? I, I, I've said all I've got to say about this. Uh, anybody have anything else to say? Anything anything mean, Vin? No, I mean, so, I mean, it's just, it, it just, it, it, the, the, the whole film, like there are elements that I like, but the whole thing just felt very half-baked to me. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely could have been much better, but I, I, I think there's I a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I enjoyed it more than you did. I think there's you should watch really, it again. really, really good seventies eye candy going on in here. Oh, yeah. Dagmar Lazander. She is a good looking woman. Yes. Dagmar. Is that the yeah, one the, with the, the mole? Well, she had the red hair. Yeah. The that the Dagmar family and we are still here is named after her. Uh, okay. <laughs> Very nice. You know, this this takes place. It's got a totally different feel, but this it takes place in a fashion house uh, with the live-in models, just like the um, Blood and Black Lace. But even like with that bounce chicka music and all that kind of takes the class out of it a little bit. It just has a totally different feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're not really in the fashion world this time. Like you visit it a couple times yep. in the beginning, <laughs> but <laughs> you're not I really immersed in it. it. Yeah. yeah. And there's beautiful dresses and models and yeah. Mm. But Vin, did you see there was a, another one of those pan along shots where you go from model to model that we said that we liked from blood and black lace, you know, where you go from station to station, the camera moves uh, along. They just do it remember. quick. Oh, okay. Is that when they're inside the fashion house or is yes. that when they're like modeling out in the runway and stuff? No, like it's uh, more towards the beginning of the movie when you first okay. get the sense that they're in, in a fashion house again. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, rate this. All right. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let Vin go first. <laughs> uh, 5.5. 5. Oh, um, no way. Dude, this is so much better than the, the five dolls for August Moon. No, it's it, it's. Uh, I think that for me, five dolls. I didn't obviously. I didn't like it any better necessarily, but it was a more like cohesive film for me. Uh, you know, like it was. It was kind of. It, it kept a certain tone from beginning to end, and it felt way more. Uh, way more put together, even though I didn't really like the product. Um, and this one, it's just kind of like all over the place. Like I, the first half of this film, I really just kind of was bored by, I, I didn't have any connection to it. Uh, it wasn't until the, the wife is murdered that I actually started paying attention. But even then we're already like more than halfway through the film. Um, and it kind of gets dropped a little bit towards the end too. So yeah. Yeah. All right. How about you, uh, Taminator? Uh, kind of the same thing. I'm going to, this movie's kind of like a car wreck. You know, you can't look away. You want to look away, but, just keep watching it. <laughs> that was kind of how it was for me. <laughs> I'm going to give it like a six. Um, same thing. I told you, like I started it and I was like, eh, I'll finish it tomorrow. And then I did enjoy like the second half much more. Um, I wish they would have picked like a storyline. Like if the whole thing could have been about the wife, like ruining his life and, you know, everyone could see her and not, I don't know, like, like they should yeah. pick something and went with it. Uh, it had some great ideas and there was some good fun stuff to look at. So yeah, but yeah. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to give this a seven out of 10 again, not a perfect movie, but I think it's uh, worth a, a watch, especially if you're a, a Baba completist, uh, if you enjoy 
these uh, type of films, I think that uh, I think this is definitely a much better film than Five Dolls for August Moon. That's just my personal opinion. Uh huh. All right. Hey, well, guys, there you go. That's November slash December. <laughs> Not nine Bava movies. How do you feel? You feel smarter. You feel like I you do. Have, I do. You I am a closed in a blind spot. Yeah, I'm a more well-rounded person. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I, I mean, you can't deny his importance. Um, no. If you're somebody who who takes the genre seriously and really wants to learn about kind of you know where a lot of this stuff comes from, you you have to go to Baba. Um, yep. Yes. I see that now. I, I was thinking that uh, maybe uh, next one we do would be um, what's a what's a good director that we haven't done yet? We haven't done Craven. We haven't done. We haven't done. We haven't done any Hitchcock. No, and I except for Psycho. He only did like two. I don't think we ever did Psycho, did we? Didn't we do Psycho? I don't think we did Psycho. But he only did like two real horror movies, didn't he? Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. He he might have done some horror after. Would you consider Rear Window horror? No, it's horror adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would, in uh, retrospect, people think of him as a horror director, but really Psycho was his first horror film. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a while to uh, to think on it. So. I still think that we should look at a, do like a, a Val Luton retrospective. Um, Val Luton, yeah. Yeah. Look at his stuff in the we'll 40s. We could do, uh, uh, do, get, we could do Fulci. Have you done Stanley Kubrick yet? We haven't uh, done Stanley Kubrick, but we have... We have uh, not, not the shining i'm you know like move away from that there's but i honestly think that we could redo the shining <laughs> i i, 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 I don't think that we, i don't think that we did that movie justice when we uh and i didn't it. get to do it so i'd love to do yeah. it but, um. all right maybe we'll do the shining part do either have you seen <laughs> 2001 no have would you, you consider that in, within horror yes i would yes hmm. have you seen it i actually yeah. haven't watched that one yet no Oh, well, 2001 the Space it's, it's because my wife doesn't want to watch it. And whenever I sit down to try and watch it, she wants to watch something with me. <laughs> so I'm blaming her. Yeah. Um, well, if we no, it, it'd be nice to do a Kubrick double feature. Possibly, but. I don't know. Yeah. Does he have enough horror type movies to, uh, to fill up? Orange, a... I would say that's horror 2001. And if you want to redo The Shining. Yeah. Well, don't consider. Consider. me. That's a good idea. <laughs> we shall consider it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Is well, what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and give our plugs and then get out of here. Uh, Vin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on Facebook, I'm Vin Horrorcast, and uh, blog is therevenuereview.com. All right, Taminator. I, <laughs> I am the Taminator. <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, all right. Well, if you want to check me out on Facebook, uh, Mark Nato. You can check out our Facebook group page. Uh, email us at askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the HCast and on Instagram, the Horrorcast. So there you go. That does it for our Mario Bava retrospective, whatever you want to call it. Nine movies down. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, 
And uh, yeah, until next time, it's the horror cast where we're all killer, no filler. Stay scared. Thanks.